podcast at Ground Zero is presented to you by the Apocalypse. Because without the Apocalypse we wouldn't be doing this show. Friends of the Apocalypse, this is Podcast at Ground Zero, your home for the Apocalypse for episode 91, off topic number 8. I am the Apocalypse Nerd, he is Adam Bomb Glancy. Welcome to the Wastelands. Welcome back, folks, and season's greetings. Yes, we are still uh we are still in the season. Uh we are recording this between the Christmas holiday and the New Year holiday, so we're still in the season. Uh, it's been a while since we've been here, folks. Again, uh, you know, um, I guess I'll apologize again because I'm very, very sporadic lately. But uh, hey, we do get them out uh, when we can. And uh, clearly, clearly, where I am, I am having a little bit of a snowmageddon up here in Seattle, where it, uh, somebody in the Mojave wished for a nuclear winter, and uh, yeah, landed on us up here. So. I got to enjoy the wonders uh, of what happens when your pipes freeze. And I got to tell you, that little taste of the apocalypse where you have to go get water uh, from somewhere else and bring it to your house so you can flush your toilets is no fun. That is no fun. And number two, number two, trying to trying to gather up snow to melt in order to have water to flush your toilets is a terrible idea because snow is filthy. Remember when your parents slapped the snow out of your mouth when you tried to eat it as a kid? They did reason. that. Be- there, there was, was a reason. reason. <laughs> snow is filthy. Do not let your kid, do not put it in your mouth. And oh my God, the idea that you're going to boil snow for water. Yeah, maybe after you boil it and then put it through like a filtration system because holy cow, you're going to need some charcoal to remove the, and, and then- some, and then boil it again. Oh my God! It's it's not good, kids. It's not good out there. So yes, that was my miniature uh, Armageddon. What it's going to be like when the uh, water goes off? Uh, it was uh, harder than when the power went off. I have not had that at all. He's having below freezing weather and uh, frozen pipes. I'm having eighty plus degree weather where I'm at for Christmas. Yeah. Um, Clear, clearly, the conditions are different in uh, post-apocalyptic uh, Florida. Oh yeah, but then, but then I have six months of stress of like, is a hurricane going to come? Is a hurricane going to come? Am I going to lose my house? Am I going to lose power? Am I going to lose my house? I got that kind. I got those kind of worries. You know, you might not lose the whole house. You could lose part of it. I mean, people seem to live pretty good in those in those fallout communities where living in half a house. You know, uh, in fallout yeah. for. They seem to be getting along just fine with their, uh, you know, with their uh, halfway knocked down house that they're living in one room of. I'm sure you'll be fine. I'll be fine. Well, you know, while the, you know, and then while the insurance company pays for me to live in a hotel while they rebuild my house. Um, yeah. That, you that, think that, that'll actually happen? You think, oh, is your insurance that, that good? Uh, that's what the, that's what the policy is supposed to do. <laughs> 
Well, I I wish you the best of luck with that because, yeah, uh, trying to get the insurance company to pay off after the apocalypse is always difficult. Oh yeah, it's not something I, I enjoy, but uh, but yeah, folks. So uh, uh, we're back for another episode again. Off topic number eight. This is the eighth time we've had our off topic uh, subject of you know lots of random things. Um, so we're gonna talk about that. Oh, one quick thing again, not really apocalyptic, but uh, I forgot to tell you, I did get to participate in a one shot of Mothership. Oh, uh, tell me about this because I didn't know this is a thing that happened. It happened to some other guys I've met who do another podcast. Uh, I've been on their show a couple times now, actually. I just recorded another one today. And um, uh, they play virtually, and uh, uh, they did a one-shot. It was kind of, you know, uh, you know, learning the system a little bit, and, uh, you know, we kind of pushed through it because it wasn't going to be for a campaign. So, you know, we mm-hmm. uh, glossed over a lot of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's you know of course it's the zero edition which is out the fruit must have been out for a couple of years first edition's coming out and they did make some changes because there was a couple of things we had some stumbling blocks with mm-hmm. even though it's a simple streamlined system you know and again gaming for forty plus years you know um, you know we could figure things out well, at least I could figure things out but some of it was a little janky and I see why they made some changes uh, in the new rules for it but it was it was inter- it's an interesting system. Um, I like it, and it's definitely, you know, it's it's definitely science fiction horror. You know, it's very, you know, like we got into this, and this was not orcs and goblins. It was like, it, this is like playing, it's kind of like playing Call of Cthulhu in space, because you know what? You're not fucking prepared. No matter what you think, you, you're not prepared. You're not prepared. The, the tool you need to solve this problem is not here. You left it on Earth. Good luck with whatever you've got hanging around. Or, you know what? Or guess what? You don't have the tools to solve this problem. You know? Because it's not like later editions of games where everything is uh, has a... Um, the preparedness stat? I've always uh, seen that. There's a CR, stat that... It's, called a, it's a CR rating, which is... Um, I don't know what the, what the fuck it stands for, but it's something about balance. It's a balance thing. A challenge rating. Challenge rating. There's no mm-hmm. challenge. It's a, this is like Call of Cthulhu. There's no challenge rating. It's <laughs> Not every encounter is balanced. In fact, the whole point of it being horror is that it's unbalanced. Unbalanced. Just like earlier editions of uh, Dungeons & Dragons. It's not... Guess what? Maybe you're not supposed to... Maybe you're not supposed to take on those five trolls. Maybe you need to roleplay and think of another solution around the problem. You know, it's not all about combat. I mean, trust me, I like a good, I like a good, uh, like a good combat, you know, but uh, I'm also down with, you know, a lot of good role playing problem solving. So uh, I like, I I like what I saw and and I'd like to do it again. All right. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that it's holding up for you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it was definitely like I was, because it also has the horror of not knowing what you're encountering. It's not like, okay, oh, we got trolls, so we need acid fire, we need to chop their heads off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even playing Call of Cthulhu after 40 years of this game, everybody knows what the problem is they're about to throw at you. And the surprise, the unknown element, is what makes the horror really interesting. And that's what we had in this uh, this game, because, you know... <clears throat> they're calling you know their monster manual in the new edition is going to be unconfirmed contact reports and um it's it's not a manual it's like you know there's some vague descriptions because again things are rumors unconfirmed you don't know what you're encountering so it's it was pretty i, I like it and I'd, I'd like to you know i definitely like to do it again 
Fantastic. I know you've been looking forward for a chance to uh, try that system out for a while. Um, very cool. So as part of our um, uh, sort of speaking of random encounters, I guess that's what we're doing is just to sort of hit some of the topics of apocalypse that are going on right now. We're on a, he- um, we're on a hex crawl. We're going to crawl around and uh, tell you what we find. Tell you, what have we encountered in the world of uh, post-apocalypse right now? Would you like to begin Yes, uh, I'll start with some stuff that I've uh, seen. I haven't, I haven't seen all of it, but things I've encountered uh, on Netflix. And I know a lot of people have Netflix, so at least you know most people should be able to access this stuff. Was uh, there's a, an anthology series out now called Oats Studio, and they have these short apocalyptic uh, little stories. Um, they're like little movies. You know, some they've ranged anywhere from like literally from seven minutes long to twenty something minutes. There's no set. They're not an hour. They're not half hour. They're just, they could be anywhere from, again, most of them seem to be anywhere from like seven to 10 minutes to 20, 20 to 25 minutes long. Uh, I've only watched one of them. Um, it was a, you know, a post apocalypse. It was kind of, a, it was a invasion scenario with Sigourney Weaver was in it. And, yeah. um, Raka. That was the name of that one. Raka. Uh, R-A-K-K-A, I think. Uh, I think so. And, um, yeah, I've, I've only seen the one and it's interesting. So, uh, you know, that's there out in Netflix. You know, that's something you could watch. And um, uh, another thing I saw on Netflix was, uh, I watched a while ago. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the show. Was uh, there's a film, a Korean film, a Korean zombie film called Hashtag, uh, Hashtag Alive. So, okay. um, so it was another Korean one. It was after, you know, uh, Train to Busan, but before the second trained us on um it's you know a zombie apocalypse happens and uh you know this guy's like trapped in his apartment because they're the things are everywhere and it's him dealing with trying to survive and uh he makes uh you know contact with somebody else in another apartment building across the way um and then have this and this trying to survive this zombie apocalypse trying to like crawl down you know to other balconies to get supplies and stuff like that it's it wasn't bad it was interesting you know it's it was worth it was worth my hour and a half you know it wasn't wasn't terrible you know. So superior to Peninsula? No, no, no. Well, oh, so, oh, Peninsula. Yes. Yeah, I liked it better than Peninsula. Okay, so not Train to Busan, but better than Peninsula. You know, Train to Busan set a pretty good standard, pretty good marker there. Yeah. Uh, but hashtag Alive was wasn't terrible. Um, again, you know, it's uh, you know, again, standard zombie tropes and stuff like that. But it, it, it was interesting. Uh, it, yeah. I, I was entertained by it. It's worth a watch. It uh, it reminded me a little bit of the section in Max Brooks's um, uh, World War Z where he talks yes. about the guy trapped in his his high rise in Japan and having to you know get down the outside of the building because all the halls on all the floors are just stuffed with uh, his neighbors. That that might that might have been an inspiration for it because the guy was stayed at home with his parents, played video games. And a lot of it was, you know, hashtag alive because a lot of people, again, it worked in a lot of modern day social media into it too. Like, like there were still some connections. He was trying to find cell tower. Cause I don't think it was everywhere, but it was a lot of places. So, um, mm-hmm. so there was <coughs> still some internet and people were posting stuff on social medias and TikToks and like hashtag alive and people find him. So it worked a little bit of modern society into it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I'll mark that down as a possibility. Uh, something that I've started watching that uh, you have not yet is Station Eleven. 
Um, I ran across the book Station Eleven um, uh, a couple years back. It was uh, written in 2014, and it, propo- it it supposes a plague apocalypse that wipes everyone out, a new flu, uh, a fictional version of the swine flu that in the book is called the Georgia flu. Oh, so, uh, so, the, so they're just trying to bank in on uh, COVID, right? Well, I'm getting that the series absolutely is banking on a little COVID there, but the original book was not. I haven't read the book, but I had put it down as a thing that I should probably read for the uh, podcast. But uh, they've made it into a miniseries, a limited miniseries. And uh, so far, so far, so good. Um, the um, The... A lot of the series appears to be really about trauma and about how surviving trauma and loss leaves you damaged in ways that even you don't recognize as damage. And um, the uh, the story through the uh, initial episodes jumps backwards and forwards in time. It literally begins right when it's going down, you know, right now um and then we'll jump to 20 years after the plague has burned itself out and it doesn't appear that the survivors are survivors because they're immune like the ones in the stand okay they're immune because they didn't catch it because they isolated because people stayed out there and away from everything until everyone who had the disease died you know and the main character is a little girl named Kirsten who was uh, at a theater in Manhattan. No, sorry, a theater in Chicago. And uh, her mother ends up leaving the theater with a, with, a, with a cast member who collapsed on stage and or, or rather the person who's supposed to take care of her leaves to take care of this cast member and leaves the kid. So a stranger in the crowd ends up, you know, going, well, gee – I guess I'll, yeah, this, this guy named, uh, Jeevan, uh, this, uh, South Asian guy's like, well, I guess I'll walk you back to your parents' house, but parents aren't home. And then he's stuck with this girl and he's stuck getting a phone call from his sister in a hospital saying, I'm in a hospital. It's going down right now. Go grab all the food you can grab right now. Get to your brother's place. Lock yourselves in the condo. Don't come out. Get three months worth of food or whatever it is don't come out and he's stuck with this girl and he's like uh we'll wait at my brother's house for your parents to come home you know we'll we'll do that and she gets stuck with him and then later you see this girl when she's all grown up and 20 years older we don't know where jeevan is we don't know what happened to him you know and part of the story is going back to the past and going forward to the present uh and the story is going to unfold and there are more than one plot line, there's more than one group of characters. But one of the things that's starting to unite the story is the idea that there was a hand-drawn, created comic book by this artist uh, before the plague comes. A comic book that cursed a little girl actually had access to. But other people had access to it. And this comic book has now become the basis of some creepy cult that is turning out to be a threat to everyone. And there's this creepy uh, divide that's, that's part of the new religion 
between people who were born before the plague and people who were born after or remember anything. Because there were people who were old enough to have been born before the plague, but they don't remember cell phones and they don't remember uh, Uber. There's a discussion where somebody's trying to explain how Uber worked to someone who was born after the apocalypse. And the main setting of the story is that uh, Kirsten is going around with this community called the Traveling Symphony, which is basically a bunch of medieval troubadours who are doing what Kevin uh, Costner was doing in The Postman, going from town to town, putting on shows. Except there's a bunch of them, so they can put on an actual Hamlet or an actual you know, play, they don't have to just do a scene or a soliloquy or whatever. And they're going around basically, you know, providing the only entertainment around Lake Michigan. They have this route where they go around Lake Michigan and this map of all the communities they've been hitting on a circuit for the better part of two decades. You know, and they're... That, that ties into things that we've talked about before. Like we did, we did a episode in the past about entertainment in the apocalypse so that's definitely something that i could foresee uh happening is people would people want to be entertained so you could definitely see that uh, uh growing out of that and people do, people doing that for sure so yeah uh so far i mean there's they they, they reference things like you know it's 20 years later there were militias that have kind of and gangs that have kind of burned themselves out over the years because Robbing and stealing eventually run, you know, doesn't work out so hot for you. Um, uh, there's little hints about this post-apocalyptic world we're learning more and more about. Um, it, it's, it's very much like Survivors, the okay. British TV series. There's a lot that connects it to Survivors, although 20 years later, there's not a lot of bullets. Oh, boy, there's a lot of knives. There's a lot of melee weapons and stuff, but 20 years later... We're not seeing a lot of firearms. Um, Which, again, we've talked about that, how eventually the ammunition is going to run out. Because yeah. somebody's, unless somebody's manufacturing it, and then again, we, we've... Folks, there's a whole episode. There's a whole episode about that. In the, you know, I don't remember the, which one it is, but we talk, definitely talk about. I think we talk. It's an episode we talk about weapons or in the apocalypse, yeah. and we talk about that whole subject about black powder and firearms and so yeah. forth. So I don't know how far it's going to go. It, it, it some of the weaponry is starting to look like. Um, well, before before you reveal too much about the show, uh, I will just say let me just say one thing. It's it is a show about trauma. It is a show about um, you know people having PTSD from you know being a survivor and this weird thing where the people who grew up afterwards after the don't, apocalypse don't have don't it. have that kind of PTSD. So there's a real cultural division between the people who lost everything and the people who had didn't lose anything. It is, man, I was super thrilled that at one point somebody threatens an older person, somebody who's gone through the trauma and has PTSD. Somebody starts to threaten someone and they don't even get through the threat before they get stabbed in the chest. Which I thought was, yeah, if you've been surviving for 20 years through all this stuff, well, then you had to do a bunch of it without a community, and you had to, you know, uh, claw your way up to uh, to nothing from all this loss, um, you're not going to take threats lightly. There's no, There was no counter threat 
It wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't no, oh yeah, it was just stab. And I was like, golf clap. That's, that's what I want to see when somebody starts talking some smack in the apocalypse, after the apocalypse is. No, we don't, homie don't play that. That's right, cool. So, and again, I'm going to stop Scott before he tells you the entire show. So it's, it's good, um, good call. Good call. Good um, call. and, uh, that's, uh, that's on Netflix. HBO. Oh, it's on HBO. Okay. So folks it's on HBO. So not everybody might not have HBO, but if you have HBO, I, I do because it comes along with my internet for free because I have the gigabit speed, so they provide me with HBO. It's not like I would never buy it, you know, have it, but it's free, I'll I'll take it. So if you have HBO, or you know what, maybe wait wait a wait a wait a few weeks or month until it completely drops, and then just get a free trial and binge it. You know, it's uh, it's supposed to air the tenth episode. On January 13th, 2022. That's supposed to be uh, when it'll all be available to be binged. If you're oh. thinking about waiting. Right now, we've only got uh, like I think five five episodes out. Okay. Five episodes out. Well, cool. Sorry. Right, so that's on HBO. Um, oh, just another quick one. Um, and again, on Netflix. Uh, again, these are things I've seen in the past but never mentioned before. Was uh, There was a show called, uh, t- uh, a movie called I Am Mother. Which is on Netflix. Yes, it's it's a post-apocalyptic society has collapsed. Uh, there's apparently a facility where they're incubating and uh, you know growing, you know, making humans, you know, without you know without the womb. But there's no other humans, and they're so they're being raised by robots. So it's I guess a little bit advanced if these robots are raising these you know uh, test tube babies. So it's about this test tube baby that's born and raised by robots, but then they encounter, then they, but then they actually encounter other humans as they get older, and the conflicts that happen with that because they've never been exposed to other people. They've only, yeah. they've only been around intelligent computers and robots. So um, I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's uh, worth. Have, oh, you have? Is it? Is it worth? I have worth, seen it. Is it worth watching? I enjoyed it. It was much more ruthless. Than I was expecting, which was, I mean, you know, I, I didn't want it to be to pull its punches, and I don't think it did. My recollection is it's a super ruthless story, okay. not the least of which because we've got a machine intelligence, and it's yeah. going to make some very cold-blooded decisions about what's best for humanity. Oh, yeah. So, Oh, kind of like, you know, again, yeah, because there's no emotion there. There's just intelligence, so... Kind of like uh, what? What was the um, that movie in the seventies uh, with the two with the supercomputers that could make uh, humans their slaves to save oh, them? Oh, uh, Colossus: The Forbin Project. Yeah. Yes, where it's like, congratulations, mankind! I'm going to provide you a better future, one where you're not going to have to make any bad decisions because I'm going to make all the decisions. Yeah. So kind of like that, huh? <laughs> to get, together we will explore the stars. We will end hunger and poverty, you know. Um, but you're not in charge anymore. Yeah. So, all right. So uh, I Am Mother, uh, according to Scott, worth checking out. Uh, I still want to check it out. Again, It's it was on my list. I hadn't come across it yet and then, uh, watched it yet. And then there's one more thing I saw on Netflix. It's another quick one. Um, there was another movie, or t- I think it was just a movie called I.O., as in I. O zero, uh, you know the letter O, um, as in the I O, the planet, uh, the the moon of Jupiter. Um, mm. I think it's Jupiter. Um, it basically it's a 
apocalyptic Earth, you know, we've, you know, destroyed the environment, toxic planet. Uh, we leave Earth to go to, they colonize uh, uh, Io. And uh, there's some people still left on the planet dealing with the toxic environment and surviving and connecting. I don't know much more about it because I just I just saw the quick trailer for it and I was like, okay, that that could be interesting, you know, because they're still trying to communicate and mm-hmm. I, I don't know much about it, folks. But again, it was something that caught my eye, uh, so I figured it's worth a mention. And and uh, another thing I'll note always is. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of the stuff that I find, I've mentioned this this website before, is uh, it's a website called Quiet Earth. Quiet Earth is a really good website because they're that's all they post. Generally, it's it's apocalyptic and dystopian. They come up when they they're constantly and they they come across movies, uh, TV shows, anything apocalyptic, dystopian. They post it, so that's a, that's a source where I find a lot of stuff. I, I want to point out that. Uh... The Sean Connery film Outland, the mining colony in Outland is is based on IO. In okay. case you're in case you're we wanted another connection to not an apocalypse, but more science fiction. So IO has come up before. Oh, we're we're always good with science fiction here too, folks. So um all right, so uh, and I got a couple more shows I could talk about, but uh, I know you got some stuff. Uh, I got one, I'll say stuff. I've I've watched a season of uh Raised by Wolves. Now um, Raised by Wolves is kind of a mess. I'm not going to deny that. It's weird. It does things that are both super high tech and then weirdly low tech in the same time. That makes you know your it, its science fiction world is a little wonky to me. But and it has kind of some it has some post apocalyptic elements. We have destroyed the biosphere of the Earth in a global war of atheists versus religious people. The religion of this world is not Christianity. It is clearly derived from some elements of uh, monotheism, but it is a solar church believing that the sun, Saul, is a god. Possibly other sons are gods, but Saul is their god. They are, they refer to them as Mithrans, which I guess is a reference to Mithras, which is an old Babylonian deity. But we are in the way far future. We have AI, we have androids, we have interstellar traveler. Um, and uh, we fucked up planet Earth. And the story follows two missions uh, to a planet around uh, another sun who has the same atmospheric pressure, the same gravity, and the same uh, gas mix as Earth. It's a kind of place you could dump people on with limited tools and they could survive, which is rare as hen's teeth, apparently, in this imagining of the universe it's not star trek where m-class planets are a dime a dozen um this place is rare and you know uh the two missions are one is a mission sent by the uh the atheists with a bunch of embryos in transit to be raised by these two androids who are going to be mother and father to a new generation of humans raised with atheist ideals and not have to worry about anything like God. 
and uh, uh, religion. Um, the other mission is basically a sleeper ship sent by the um, the religious types, who've, the, the Mithrans, who've helped wreck Earth in order to cleanse it of unbelievers, who are now off to find a new planet to call their own. And while there are post-apocalyptic elements to it, um, it is... Uh, it is not truly a post-apocalyptic story. You get a lot of flashbacks to Earth when it's all screwed up and a mess during the, you know, during the war that wrecks the Earth um, and uh, makes it uninhabitable. And there are certainly elements of this world that they've landed on that are sort of post-apocalyptic and like. It looks like there may have been a civilization there before that got trounced, and the only thing left behind are its its artifacts and its junk. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's held my interest. I've watched the first season. Um, it might it might uh, it might ping your post apocalyptic. Uh, you know, you might feel it in your post apocalyptic funny bone. Um, it is not as post apocalyptic as Station Eleven. That is both far superior and far more apocalyptic, but raised wild wolves has some elements and, and some of the elements are like, I am mother. Um, and that we've got AI trying to make a better human and having some middling levels of success and failure when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd seen, where's that on? That's on, uh, uh, that is definitely on Is that prime HBO. I think that's on HBO as well. Is it? Let me let me triple check. Well, so, yeah, while he's checking, but yeah, it's it, it's because it's definitely something I came across, and I bookmarked in the back of my head to kind of check it out. And you're right, it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's not completely uh, post-apocalyptic, but it has some elements, which again, you know, you like seeing those elements, and you know, you, you know, you could always uh, throw those elements into uh, whatever you know you were working on, or not working on, or playing with, or reading about. You know, mm-hmm. the. Um... The uh, it is on HBO. Okay. Uh, the second season, ten episodes. Second season is about to drop uh, February twenty second. Sorry, February third, twenty twenty two. Okay, so we will get some more. We get we will get another season. All right, so another HBO one. Um, so if you were, uh, t- you know, if somebody was gonna just you know try to get a free trial to binge something, um, you would say go with uh, Station Eleven over. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As as your motive to 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 squeeze in your 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 free free trial, I'd go with that one. Okay, cool. Now, now I have a, a some more TV TVs and movies that I uh, to talk about from um, another channel that uh, people may or may not have uh, Apple TV Plus. Um, so I keep on you know getting uh, year trials because you know. You know, we're, you know, for the most part, an Apple uh, family. So, you know, when we get a, a new this or that, like, oh, here's a here's a free year of eight, of uh, Apple TV Plus. So uh, a couple of Apple TV Plus things that I've encountered is there's a Tom Hanks movie called uh, Finch. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. Um, I talked to somebody about it and they said it was good. It's a post-apocalyptic world with Tom Hanks. And uh, I think it's... There's some kind of environmental disaster, I think, because uh, you have to, or, or no, no, it's, I think it's a heat that you can only like live above a certain level, 
Um, and he winds up winds up creating his own uh, robot because apparently he was like a scientist or something. Um, and he creates a robot to help him get to where he needs to get to to try to survive. And uh, I, again, I don't know a lot about it. I just saw it was a Tom Hanks post-apocalyptic movie. So um, it looked interesting. So again, if you have uh, Apple TV Plus, you know that's something you could check out. Also on Apple TV Plus, we've mentioned it before. It was C. Uh, we talked about during our episode about the blind apocalypse. It's you know yep. uh, everybody everybody loses their sight and and the world uh, still goes on. And again, I question a lot of how you know we could still even have a civilization if we can't fucking see. Um, you know, it's not like we're primitive slugs at the bottom of the ocean or something. You know, which which can you know it could happen. Or, you know, or my favorite right now when it comes to blind animals is the Greenland shark, which. Exists it used to exist under the ice pack, right? So it was always dark because the it was always uh, the sun was sort of blocked out by the ice sheets of the Arctic ice pack, and apparently they have a an eye, a worm, a parasite that is only found living in the eyes of Greenland sharks, where they get it at some point during their lives because they're long lived. Apparently, there's Greenland sharks that are centuries old and they will eventually get this parasite in their eyes and it will eventually make them blind and they don't care because they live in darkness and continue to hunt and scavenge you know under the ice sheet but yes my, well, I mean, we, yeah, we're, we're not Greenland sharks. We, we're not. We're, we're not Greenland. We're a little bit more complex than that, uh, and we need more. But there is a a second season of that is now out. So well, Dave, Dave's in it. Dave Batista. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, yeah, he's he's the he's like the main dude. So, uh, I think I I watched I think the first season or most of the first season. It was okay, but again, like I said, I have my trepidations mm-hmm. about you know, you know, you know, could we really survive that fucking long with that shit? But but there's a second season of it out. So again, if you have uh, Apple TV Plus, you haven't watched it, you can get your apocalypse on blind apocalypse on with two seasons to see. And uh, there's also on Apple TV Plus Invasion. Um, it is a uh, Pre-apocalypse, it's an alien invasion scenario where, you know, aliens come down to uh, take over the Earth, uh, apparently. Uh, so, it's... There's four main character arcs in this uh, TV show, uh, Invasion. Uh, the first uh, series had ten episodes. They definitely are going to have a second one because the way they ended it. Um, four different character arcs, and they all wind up interconnecting uh, it's, it's in, some, in some way, some more than others. Um, you know, aliens come down, definitely not human type aliens, uh, human or humanoid aliens, uh, nearly impossible to kill. Uh, you know, normal weapons aren't working on them because of the nature of the, of the, of the beings. And, um, it, you know, and, and it looks like they're trying to, it looks like it's more of a terraforming type of situation. So, uh, I won't reveal too much about it cause that's going to, you know, give too much of the story away, but it's... It's a it's a little slow, I'll, I will tell you that. So, um, but I kept on watching it because I wanted to know. Okay, well, why is this happening? What's the answer to that? It kept me intrigued enough just to keep watching it. Uh, but it's definitely not a fast pace. So, if you're the type of person who doesn't like slow pace stuff, you might not like this. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like my you know like my wife had trouble with that because she doesn't she's not a big fan of, of super slow pace and this was a little slow mm-hmm. um but 
again, it's an it's it's a pre-apocalypse invasion scenario. Um, interesting. Uh, you know, it's you know something. You know, you know, I wouldn't sit down and try to binge the whole thing. I would like you know maybe watch an episode as you can. You know, because again, it's not very fast paced. So um, that's. Uh, uh, more stuff on uh, Apple TV Plus. Again, a lot of movies. Um, you, uh, I have a couple more things I'm going to talk about before we check out. Um, unless you have something, you have some more stuff to add. Nope, nope. That's that's uh, the that's the limit of my uh, material at the moment. All right, just a couple other things I've encountered um, uh, besides TVs. Uh, no, 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 uh, no books. Uh, you know, we need to we need to. I always talk about this how we need to. Review some books that we've read because, but again, a lot of these are books that I think are great and worth talking about. But it's been you know 20, 30 years since I've read a lot of these books, and I just don't have the time to reread them, unfortunately. But maybe we'll get around to them. You know, I wish I wish I was a faster reader and I wish I had time to blow through books so we could uh, you know review them because there's a lot of good books out there I'd like to talk about. Um, some gaming stuff, uh, you know, some apocalyptic gaming I, I could talk about real quick before we wrap up is. Uh, mm-hmm. I talked about in the past, there was a, a video game coming out for all the consoles and computer called Back for Blood. It was designed by the same people who did Left for Dead, and me and uh, Scott were big fans of the Left for Dead franchise. Uh, we played the first and the second game. This is done by the same people. It was supposed to be a kind of a spiritual predecessor to it because, you know, they didn't work for that studio anymore, so they couldn't make Left for Dead, so they made something similar. Uh, you know, four characters, you know... Uh, zombie apocalypse situation. Um, it's okay. I only I only played it a little bit because it it didn't give me the same vibe as Left for Dead. Um, it definitely got a little more complicated. Not complicated, but it, it had too much stuff. Whereas I liked Left for Dead because it was pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Simple. Like there was a certain number of things you could deal with. But this, you know, starts adding a lot of, you know, elements that games have had in them the last 10 years. It's like, oh, you know, when you advance a level, you'll get a, you'll get your pack and you can unpack your, you know, cards and have different different things you can do. And they worry about skins a lot, you know, and you yeah. know, skins of your characters and, and emotes and stuff. So, like, it's all this Fortnite shit, you know, that has been seeping into every game. Like, they think every game now has to be Fortnite because, oh, all the kids like having have their characters do stupid dances, which brings nothing to the gameplay at all. Skins, weapon skins, character skins, emotes do nothing for gameplay. But it's it's heavy in the game, you know. So, it really, for me, it detracts a lot from the games, you know. But Back for Blood's out there, you know. Um, I have... Uh, Game Pass Ultimate, so uh, it was on there, so I didn't have to buy it, so I got to mm-hmm. I got to play it. So if you have so if you're an Xbox guy and you get Ultimate Game Pass, it's on there. I talked about in the past that Modifius was putting out a Fallout RPG, not not the not not the tactics one, which is the miniature game, but an actual RPG, a role playing game. Mm-hmm. So that is now available. Uh, pretty readily, um, you know, it's on Amazon. It's on, you know, you get on Amazon. You can get it at the, the Modifius U.S. store or European stores wherever you live. Um, you know, it uses the Modifius uh, 220 system. So uh, I don't know anything about it. I just know that it's out there, and I'm a fan of Fallout. So I know eventually I'll pick it up because I want to, uh, you know, see what it's all see what it's all about. See how see how they treat the treat the game. The con- you know because because you know we're big fans of Fallout here. We love the environment, we love the story. Oh yeah. Uh, we we love the Fallout universe here. So, uh if it's a if it's a true RPG based on it, we'd like to uh you know see what it looks like. 
Yeah. Um, from what I've looked at, because I've looked at the PDF, of, uh, a little extract PDF from it, um, it does look like the initial Mophidius Fallout book is based around Boston and the things that happen in Fallout 4. It's, okay. It's, it's leads towards that. If they're going to do, you know, go back and do a Fallout Capital Wasteland, do a Fallout, you know, Mojave Wasteland, you know, or the Pit or any of these other places, um, they haven't, they, they, they don't have any background descriptions for those places yet. But they might. You, you, but um, certainly they seem to have uh, the basic rules, uh, you know, according to the table of contents, just this is just me just reading the PDF of the table of contents to see what was going to be in the book. Um, the background is definitely shifted towards the setting of Boston from Fallout 4. Okay. Good to know. Which is fine. I mean, I, I like Fallout 4. I like that setting, you know, so... But yeah, but there's definitely there's so much potential because I said you could cover things like the pit, the capital, uh, the New California Republic. So um, if the game is successful for them, then sure they could definitely expand into the, you know if you like to play in that universe or you know what you could use their books as a source book for your own uh, whatever RPG you're playing. You know, absolutely. You know, absolutely. The love of Fallout comes from a love of Gamma World. Um, it's uh, there's so many crossovers there between the. You know, robots, high technology aspect of it, the apocalypse that takes place in the future, the retro futurism of both games, you know, not there, there's a lot of silly, crazy mutations, you know, obviously, if your radiation gives you superpowers, that's one thing we've learned from both Fallout and uh, Gamma World, although obviously Gamma World gives you more. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's um, it's it's got the power armor. It's got the. uh Super high tech weapons, super low tech weapons, and all places in between. It's it, it, that that was my that was my connection. And I think when I first sent like Fallout One or Fallout Two to Jared and said you've got to pick this game up back in like I don't ninety nine or something, I was like, this is the closest I've seen to a game of Gamma World. Yeah, you know, so you need to you need to take a look at at that. Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely think it. it you know, it's not as Fallout's not as high tech as Gamma World is, but you know, it's it's good enough. It's it it scratches that itch really well. So that that's out there. And then, well, speaking of Gamma World, um, uh, friend of the show Tom Wilson, who's been on a couple times because he is the creator of the Gamazine. He had put out another uh, Gamma World scenario because he has a bunch of those out there, and we've reviewed some of those. Is he did a Kickstarter a few weeks ago? It was a short Kickstarter, and I kind of even missed the launch. So I really didn't have time to record anything with him to talk about to promote it. But um, he did a Kickstarter for a Gamma World adventure called Batteries Low Getting Dark. And um, That is a great title. Oh, I love that title. And he did uh, the cover of it. Uh, he had the, the artist that did a cover. It was a, it was a, a definite homage to uh, Famine and Fargo cover. You know, it was it didn't have it doesn't have giant mutated chickens, but it, it, the cover has an homage with the characters with the shields and the going through a door. You know, it's pretty nice. So, and again, we like Tom's work. Tom does a lot of good work in the uh, you know the old school gaming community for BX and Gamma World First Edition. Um, so, I'm sure he will have it uh, soon because I know uh, PDFs are going to go out soon. He normally does quick turnaround on his on his uh, on his projects. So. Uh, so it'll probably be on Drive Through RPG. Uh, so if you've gotten any of his other Gamma World stuff, 
um, you know, because it's uh, Tom Wilson from uh, uh, Throwy Games. So uh, Battery's Low, Getting Dark. Um, I haven't even seen it yet. I haven't read it, but I'll always recommend Tom's uh, Gamma World stuff because he does a really good job of it. But uh, that's, uh, you know, we're about 30-plus minutes, and uh, that's about all I really had. I'm sure there's a ton more stuff out there that we've missed, but these are things that are, you know, have caught our eye recently. And, oh, yeah, we'll be you know. back for more, I, I assure you. But oh, we'll this be back is what for- we've got at the moment. This is what we got at the moment. Yeah, because, you know, we really need to come up with some other, you know, because to be honest with you folks, I'm feeling a little tapped right now because we covered a lot of the broad topics. You know, we've done that already, you know, and I don't want to keep on rehashing the broad topics. Like we talked about viral apocalypses. We've talked about monster apocalypses. We've talked about food entertainment. We've talked about we've talked about so many of the bigger post-apocalyptic, you know, we've talked about transportation uh, stuff we talked about a lot of different games and stuff. So, um, hell, we've done religion, sexual relation, politics. You know, we've done all the things you're not supposed to talk about in the apocalypse. Uh, communication. Uh, we've talked about uh, everything. So language, language. We, we so we've we talked about all the big topics. You know, and I don't want to you know keep on doing uh, you know repeat subjects. Uh, you know, unless we came up with something really new for it. Um, so we were kind of tapped on those and we're just kind of left with, you know, doing things like we're doing like broad topics like this or, you know, like little bits. Pointing out the new cultural things, pointing out the new entertainment things, you know, as best we can. Yeah. You know, again, we keep on coming up with things like, you know, recently we came up with, we did the blind apocalypse. Like, Hey, why don't we do the blind apocalypse? We haven't talked about that yet. So we'll come up with some other broad topics as it comes along. If they can find a new way to apocalypse us, like the the, the lack of sleep apocalypse, you we know, did that. We did that already, you know. Yep. So you know, they, exactly. If they whenever they come up with a new apocalypse, like I guess in some ways, Bird Box is in, is in a way the blind apocalypse because you've got to not look at the problem to survive. Now that I think of it, I think I, I think, guess, I think we think we talked about Bird Box when we talked. I think about it was part of that apocalypse. Yeah, but you know, or the please stay quiet apocalypse. You know, we've 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 covered a. Uh, if they come up with a new way to apocalypse, we will tell you about it. We will bring it to you. Well, yeah, like like a quiet place, the noise apocalypse. You know, um, I don't I don't know much more than a quiet place that we can even talk about when it comes to monsters that hear you. You know, I don't know if we could do a whole episode on that, but but yeah. So and then we'll try to you know watch some movies, TV shows, books. You know, the usual. It's like uh, you know. Um, I promise we won't go months this time between episodes. Uh, we'll, we'll come up with something, folks. So that's it. You know, oh, and I will thank, uh, we had a couple of, uh, couple of the, uh, our followers who, uh, bought us a couple cups of coffee, uh, you know, recently, and we appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, that those, uh, those Ko-Fi cups of coffee help keep us going. You know, we did, we have had enough people show their appreciation and get us some coffee to where I've, you know, covered the... Covered the uh, bottle caps, uh, you know, enough bottle caps to cover the uh, the hosting bills uh, for the next year. So we appreciate that, folks. So uh, that's it. Excellent. All right. So, All right. Uh, so that's it, folks. Uh, as always, thank you for joining us. Uh, I am the Apocalypse Nerd. He is Adam Baumgansi. Thank you and good night. See you in the apocalypse. If you enjoy the content we produce, please consider supporting us with a cup of coffee. Go to ko f i dot com slash p c a g z for more details keep up to date with us by visiting podcast at ground zero dot com and subscribe to the blog via email